You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, hey, David Hall. Hello, hello. Greg Hectus. Yo. And Steve Thompson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, iRacers Lounge. Come down here and take a seat next to Mike Ellis. All right. And Tony Groves. Hey, fellas. What's happening? All right. Big group tonight. And we have a special guest, Mike Watts. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, welcome, Mike. Well, on today's show, we talk with special guest Mike Watts. We talk Black Friday deals. They are here. You'll get my thoughts on the new SemiCube wheelbase. And as usual, we have tons of other hardware topics. Take a load off and join us in the lounge. Yeah, and you can uh, follow along with us, with us on your PC or mobile device in real time. Check out all these products and stories we'll be talking about just by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. So let's see you there. Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers. Hydraulic construction makes them feel just like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof, and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals. And they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com. Use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off the purchase. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of the car. Drive harder and stay on the limit longer. talk to iRacer Mike Watts. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, absolutely. So uh, it's been a long time since we've had a guest and we want to bring you on and and get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to ask some questions. Uh, We'll start with what brought you to iRacing and how did you first hear about it? Uh, Well, I heard about it for a long time. I was an old uh, Papyrus NASCAR racing guy from like 1995 and I'd played it uh, up, you know, up until probably 2004 or so. And then I kind of switched over to console for a bit. Um, but uh, probably about two, 2017, uh, a lot of my friends on console, they were just looking for a more invested experience. So uh, we kind of moved over to iRacing. Well, very good. Um, so what kind of series are you normally running? Uh- league or official or what i usually run uh in leagues uh i do some official races it's mostly just endurance stuff with the sports cars uh, i really like the the special events that they that they do like the 24 hours of daytona and um uh i wanted to run the the majors uh le mans but i haven't done that but when they did run le mans i did that and uh and spa and some of the other ones yeah i was looking at your uh, stat page and the one that jumped out at me was the the last Daytona 24. You got a P2. 
yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was probably my most memorable experience uh, there. Uh, you know, all the all the wins when you can win against some of these guys that are just so talented. It's uh, it makes things uh, very fun. I mean, that's that's what makes iRacing fun. That's what that's what gets you on here. All right, very good. Um, and then, what about uh, hardware? I mean, what are you using for your wheels, your pedals, and that kind of thing? Um, I recently, well, for this year, I went to the CSL DD, uh, just, just price point. And, uh, even with the eight Newton meters, it's, uh, it feels really precise and good fidelity. Uh, and I use the V3 pedals with, um, a performance upgrade kit on there, uh, and an SHH shifter, which, uh, you can, flip a switch and make it uh, sequential or um, gated and uh, like four different button boxes. <laughs> All right. Very good. What about like monitors or VR uh, computer? Um, computer. It's kind of a, a Frankenstein. I've, you know, built a uh, home built it with uh, several different pieces. I recently upgraded to a 3070 TI, uh, just as the you know 3000 series are starting to go obsolete and the 4000s are coming in but um i'm running a amd ryzen 9 uh 3900 right now and i want to upgrade uh to the 5800 um and really just using a, a 55 inch tv for my monitor but uh, i mainly race in vr um I went Oculus and I've, I've bumped up to the quest Two, uh, which there was some growing pains with that, but, um, I've, you know, with some research, I've found a way around those. Well, very good. Um, what about like third party software or, uh, overlays or anything like that? Uh, with VR, you don't really get the benefit of those. Um, so I run a SIM hub uh, for my transducers that I have to create uh, the vibration. Um, and it uses uh, iRacing telemetry to produce those uh, those hepatic uh, vibrations and feels. Uh, that's something that Steve Thompson introduced me to. And um, it started with a, a SIM seat, and I kind of tore the seat apart and, and built the transducers into my my do-it-yourself rig now i gotta ask i mean does that feel real localized of where you where the transducer sits i mean do you really feel it in that spot on your back or or is it you know is it more of an encompassing feel uh it's pretty encompassing i mean when i broke the seat apart i i took a, a couple of the transducers moved them up to the 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 front part of my rig so it vibrates the front part uh and kind of simulates the front wheels and then i have the other transducers actually embedded into the seat um i i have a rick motec uh do-it-yourself wooden rig and so i put the transducers actually in the seat and i can feel the vibrations you can feel the engine and with sim hub you can actually simulate the rpms and and the vibration going up and down with the uh the rpms the the road noise and um and tire slip you know i i steve you ought to tell me you're the expert on vibration but I gotta imagine wood probably vib you know vibrates better than metal, right? Yeah, I think it does. I don't think you get it doesn't uh, it, it accentuates the vibration rather than absorbing it. All right. 
Yeah, that sounds like a pretty neat setup. Uh, so you, you said you bought your plans off of Rickmotech and then you just do it yourself? Yes, sir. Yep, uh, probably about $240 worth of wood. I, I got in before the wood got, you know, unattainable. <laughs> you feel like there's no flex? Do you feel like it's as strong as a 80-20 rig? Or? Um, I'm not sure because I've never been able to compare such, uh, but... I mean, there's there's not really any flex in this design, the way it's put together. Um, but I, I like the customization about it. Uh, being a wood rig, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it as far as, like, building a shelf or, um, you know, modifying something to hold a button box. Uh, I changed the plans up quite a bit, and I've got, like, a Rickmotech um, really large button box kind of um, – offset to the side and it, it's almost like the center console of a, of a gt car uh, and that has my brake bias and and several switches on it ignition switch and um almost like if you if you sit inside the um uh the cup car uh the new next gen cup car kind of like in that area is where all my switches are so it works real it works well for me for vr uh, because I know where all my switches are at and, and, um, you know, I also, I guess I use Dre as well, uh, just mainly for, um, for information purposes. That's a digital racing engineer. Yes, yeah. sir. That's what the voice attack plugin, you got to buy that, right? Yes, sir. And there's now a standalone version as well. Um, on their website, they have a, um, you can download the standalone version and it doesn't use voice attack. I see. Uh, that's been a long time since I've heard that a uh, couple years. All right, let's change gears. I mean, when I was looking you up, I found trading paints, and I found a lot of them. <laughs> and it looks like you're a painter, or at least you collect paints. So uh, tell us what, I, what I'm looking at here. A lot of the uh, classic paints, I would, I would call it. Well, I do. Yeah, I, so I enjoy racing. Uh, one thing I love about racing is just the cars. So I really love to paint cars and I can't run all those schemes. So what I do is I paint cars for other people, or if I, you know, get an idea in my head, I just want to put it on paper or put it on the screen, I guess. And, uh, I love the fact that, you know, I race and allows you to kind of put that on a 3d, um, model and then, you know, drive it around the track. And it, to me, it's just, it's, the coolest thing and so it's kind of a hobby uh that i do when i'm not racing is is painting and and i love uh, attention to detail i love um you know trying to make the cars look as realistic as possible and so i do i do painting for for other people as well um you know i, I have a little page on facebook that uh you know i um, you know, do paint jobs for, and it's like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. It's, it's more, like I said, I, it's more of a hobby than, than anything. So that's why I don't like, I don't make a living from it. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's just something I do, um, to kind of like, I don't know, break stress, whatever. Cause sometimes racing can be stressful, but the painting, yeah, not so bad. All right. They look good. And, uh, you know, so where do they go on Facebook if they want you to do a paint? Now, the one thing, Mike, when I looked through your trading paints uh, list, what I saw was, like I said, some very classic paints, but then you have like the next gen version of it, you know, and so that seems to be a specialty where you do the old car and then you have a new spin on it. 
Yeah, I um, well, I I was really excited about the next gen. Uh, maybe a little disappointed in its performance, but um, overall, I think they're good-looking cars, and I really love to paint them. It's it, it's provided a brand new canvas for us to uh, to work with. Um, it's I. I like the old style paint jobs. Um, I'm probably more old school on that than, than having a lot of lines and, and angles in there. Every now and then I'll throw something in there. It's kind of, you know, just different, but, um, I like the classic lines and paint jobs, you know, because I grew up in the, in the eighties and the nineties and I love those nineties race cars. Um, and just, uh, going to the track and it's just like, it was, uh, it was great to see those things. And, um, I mean, if you, you know, if you're looking for a paint and, and you don't want to spend a lot of money, then, uh, you know, I can, I can usually put it together. I like, I like to be able to, to converse with whoever's, you know, working the paint. So that's why I'm on Facebook because you can use messenger, but it's through, uh, magic Mike's paint shop and it's, uh, M A J I K magic Mike. So, um, it's just, uh, just like I said, something I do as a hobby, and it's uh, so I don't charge a whole lot. Plus, you know, I use a, a free paint program. I'm just using GIMP right now. So, all right, let's get back to racing. Um, are you part of a team or something like that, or what? What are you doing in the leagues? Uh, what's going on there? Um, well, on the official side, I'm, I guess I'm a part of uh, Hutch Sport Racing. I do some uh, endurance racing for them, um, and that's mainly we enter those uh, special events. And because uh, you got to have you got to have somebody to help you drive. So I kind of uh, ran into them as they were running with us uh, with my old team, um, the Inglorious Bastards. That was um, our my previous team, and then. Um, it's uh, pretty much just that. And then uh, I guess in OBRL, which is the league I'm in, um, uh, I've got a teammate or I've got like three other teammates, four other teammates that, uh, you know, come and race with us pretty much for like super speedways and stuff like that. All right. Nice. Uh, and then we like to end it with a question of what is your most memorable racing moment so far? Well, again, the the P two at Daytona twenty four hours was was pretty good. I mean, we were we were really close to uh, to actually winning that race, and uh, we just we had a little trouble with uh, probably a, a slower GT three car, and ended up having to uh, repair some damage, and it put us behind a little bit. But um, it was it was fun, you know, and pushing ourselves. Uh, for 24 hours is just, um, to me, it's, it's a challenge and I love it. So, um, I just love racing with, um, you know, really competent racers that have good race craft and, and it's, it's a true measure of like your, your competitiveness. And, you know, even though I'm like 46 years old, I still have that competitive fire and I like to, uh, to feed it. That's right. That's what I racing is all about, you know? We're still competitive, even though we're old guys. But uh, man, that sounds like fun, and I'm sure you're you're just chomping at the bit for the the next Daytona 24, and uh, see if you can you know take it one spot better, right? Yes, sir, definitely. All right, and then you know, Mike, uh, we have a new sponsor for our hardware software starting here for the off season, Metro Ford, a dealership from Chicago, I believe. 
And um, we understand that you actually purchased a, a car from Metro Ford. So we wanted to take a moment here at the end and ask you about that experience. Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience because, um, you know, I, I, been out to california and seen that truck and i'm like what is this thing so i had to google it and i looked it up did a lot of research on the maverick i loved it and then i found out you know our car market um the landscape has changed completely so the only way you can get vehicles these days are really to order them or just to happen to find one on a lot somewhere but then they're going to charge you uh an arm and a leg more than what the sticker is of course and so I didn't know how to get a hold of one, but we have this sponsor in OBRL that was uh, Metro Ford, and um, I was fortunate enough to to kind of go to their website and uh, work with Steve Thompson there to uh, to place an order for one, and he was able to get it in because they cut off the ordering. Um, it's like the most popular truck in America right now. It's it's super hard to get. So I was really glad that I was able to to get that done with Steve and, and Metro Ford. And um yeah, I'm um, I'm super stoked about about getting that truck. Now Mike when you people are going and buying a car nowadays, I mean they walk into the dealer and I mean they're getting this six thousand, seven thousand, some charge on top of msrp so you're saying that's not happening in this situation with this particular company well yeah that's uh that's what i understood that if you order what you're looking for uh you don't have to pay that adm uh additional dealer markup yeah i i sold cars back in the early 2000s and um you know i know how the car business is but this whole like microchip thing and 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 car shortage is just unbelievable and you know you go and you drive past a, a car lot and the the lots are just empty you know and so anything that they have on the lot they're going to charge you an arm and leg for because they can't and you know what else are you going to do you can't buy anything else and used cars are, are hard to find as well so for me to be able to get a brand new maverick and a hybrid at that was just uh just an awesome experience uh, being able to to accomplish that and, and no concern that it wasn't local to you you know it's not your local dealership uh, and, and it was a trust issue obviously you know steve thompson you've raced with him he's on the show with us so there was some trust there but i mean what about the the part that it's not local dealership uh, oh what if something's wrong and that kind of thing well i mean i'll I'll figure that out, but uh, I I don't have any distrust in in uh, Steve or Patrick. I know Patrick Milligan. You know, I've talked with him and raced with him, so um, that's kind of what made all that happen. And um, you know, I, I think Patrick has even said you know he would deliver the vehicle, you know, if need be. Uh, so you know, if I gotta make a trip to Cal or to Chicago and pick it up i mean i'll do that too but um you know it's uh it's gonna be a ways away but when it's when it's uh built and i pick it up you know it'll it'll be complete and i'll be excited absolutely so it sounds like a great uh, shopping experience uh, especially when the market is in turmoil uh, as you described uh, with the empty lots and the the dealer markup and stuff so sounds cool yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Mike Watts, for coming on and telling us about uh, Metro Ford and hey about your iRacing as well. And 
hope you do well on the on the Daytona and hope I'll see you out on the tracker. Yes, thank you. start talking some news guys um it looks like uh casey curran has been crowned at phoenix yeah be cool he put up a bunch of pictures yeah there's a lot of tweets he got to spend the championship weekend out there there's a picture is this a uh, first tweet the very first picture well i'm holding shift so it's not pumping up oh he's got, he's got the final four actually painted on the wall and then he's standing there yeah i mean there's several pictures with him with kyle larson denny hamlin you know that kind of those kind of guys. He's got well, a big well, jack, of course. <laughs> yeah, well deserved experience too. I mean, that's got to be part of the part of the fun of it. Just kind of getting up into that big world. Yeah, he got the. There, I I don't have it on the script, but there was a picture of him with Anthony Alfredo, who happens to be a teammate uh, uh, with him um, in the Coke series. But pretty so, cool. Uh, he well deserved. Yeah, the last tweet on the script is the check. And then while we're talking checks, it looks like Evan C. has also got his check, Brian. Yeah, so uh, Evan C., who is the uh, champion of the uh, Leap Models World Outlaw Series, uh, picked up his check for winning that, that thing. Um, it was uh, it looks like it was uh, held at a World Outlaws uh, event. And, uh, yeah, so um, it was a t- – was it a $12,000 check for, for Evan for winning that series? Not too bad. What about that title? Ten races, five wins. So it was like Tony's chase a few years back, right? <laughs> when Tony Stewart won it. And one, and one de- did not start because he was disqualified or he was uh, suspended. Oh, that's right. I bet you if the if there was still a chance in the title, they wouldn't have suspended him. I think they just wanted to make a lesson of him, knowing he already had it locked up. That that was last week. I didn't really get to chime in on that, I don't think. Was that the last race he was suspended? Yeah, he had already locked up points championship before the race started. All right, this next one, this was an entertaining video, and I, I almost agree with almost every choice on here, and I've only bought two of the, the five things he listed. The question is, what are the worst iRacing purchases in iRacing? And um, we got a video. I forgot the author's name. The channel is a DJ EJ. Yeah, and he just lists off five purchases he kind of regrets from Mount Washington the, the, to the uh, W12 F1 car, Martinsville iRacing Speedway, and the Jet car. And um, a couple of them, his reasons were simply because he doesn't want to be a road racer. So that, I, I bet you if somebody's an F1 fan, they probably like that W12. I think uh, some of the reason, too, was it was like a, a fad. You know, like the, the thing with the Mount Washington, you know, when it came out, I mean, we talked about it on the show for like six or seven weeks in a row because I was running it on a regular basis. And then when I stopped running it, it was like, that's it. You know, we're, I'll never touch it again. And, uh, and so it, that's what he described is that, you know, there was a fat, you know, everyone ran it at the beginning and the Delara IR01 jet car, as I call it, same thing, you know, when it first came out, you know, week 13, you know, there was a lot of interest, people bought it, but then it slowly faded, you know, or, or quickly faded after that, actually. Yeah. His, uh, 
his rationale on iRacing Super Speedway was that it's not really ever included in the official series except during real NASCAR's off-season because the A, B, and C tracks are generally try to follow the real-life schedule. Oh, you said, too, and you didn't enjoy uh, Super Speedway as much either. And I didn't really agree with Martinsville, but, I mean, that's a great track. <laughs> now, wait it's a minute. a great track you, that nobody can drive. Martinsville this week, this time? No, I I uh, had 38 laps of uh, cautions with no green flags, but I enjoyed just going around there caution after caution. Well, that's exactly his point, is that Martinsville just always turns into a wreck fest because nobody, nobody will settle down, let it settle down and, and race a little bit clean. Uh, I, I love racing there when it goes well. I got one of my first wins there, but... Um, Again, it's just caution fest, caution fest, caution fest. I had that. I got a top ten that week on Wednesday and didn't touch the track again the whole weekend. And I have to agree with him on the the Formula One car because, you know, I bought it just because I wanted to try it. But am I racing it? Heck, no. I'm not good enough. And if I enter one of those F1 races, I'm going to end up dead last probably. Well, he did admit he's he's primarily an oval driver and doesn't like the road race and doesn't even have a Class A license anyway, so he can't really really drive that car and it's not going to be his purchase if you're a road person especially if you love open wheel it's probably a good purchase so it's a, it's obviously a a bad purchase for somebody who's primarily an oval guy good point well steve any others go ahead that he left off the list that we shouldn't that we're don't buy these you know I would say I would really just try to advise anybody as you're working up the ladder just buy what you need and I know they like to try to buy things in bulk so they can get that that percentage. And I don't have to worry about that anymore because I'm, I'm in that automatic range. Whatever is it? What is it? Thirty club or forty club? Forty. Once you have so many pieces, um, but I would I would just when you set up us for a season, just buy the car and track this that you're going to run for about twelve weeks. Um, then if you don't like it, at least you got twelve weeks out of it. Yeah, he had a good point there when he said buy within your class because he said he'll probably never become a A driver and be able to drive that uh, F1 car in official races. Yeah, I still think a Formula One car suffers a little bit from the lack of uh, diversity in, in the manufacturers, you know. I still think... in the way they're painted. Yeah, I think it would do a lot better if, you know, if you're right, if there wasn't all the painting restrictions and the the limit of the amount of manufacturers, I think the formula car would be a little bit more, uh, would be more popular. Well, when we get the new F1 car, because we're going to have the next version of it, then this version is really going to not be used. Do you think that was a demise of Mercedes this year is because they posted their car on here? <laughs> I want Red Bull next. Let's get the Red Bull. Let's not start start the eye racing curse curse myth. Was it NFL uh, Madden NFL that was always a curse? If you were on their cover, yeah. You know, surely Max Verstappen can, you know, pull a, a few strings to get us a scan. And- I, don't, I I I think uh, I use Matt Washington a lot. Sometimes I just use it to test out my. Um, computer performance because you know with the way the trees are drawn and how the track is designed it actually it's it's one of the tracks that really hog up my system resources the most so i can i'll use it just to just to see how well my computer's running that's a good point brian i actually ran uh 
Mount Washington myself this week, testing my new wheel um, to make sure it was dialed in and trying different things and different strengths. And yeah, I find it as a good test track as well. All right. Well, we know Thanksgiving's coming up. And so what does that mean? It's Black Friday time. iRacing is, has got its same uh, offer that it usually puts up. 50% off for new memberships, 25% off for renewing if you renew for a year uh, or two. So I renewed. I needed to renew. I think I was up December, early December. And I usually do two years, but Man, I just spent bought that wheel, so I only did one this time, which is rare for me because I always do two. But I did one. Uh, hey, and took that twenty five percent off. I'll take it. Yeah, combined with all the i racing bucks that I had com- compiled over the over the year for racing, uh, for uh, you know running certain series or or prize money, it I didn't really even have to spend that much. Um, yeah, and, and that sale actually goes through December 1st. So the Black Friday is actually on, I think, the 25th, technically. But but you have uh, you know a few extra days after that to, to get that purchase in. So Wasn't there something the one... weird about that last year where if you let your membership expire? I can't. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was some kind of weird situation if your membership expired and then you started it back up. I, uh, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking of something else. I think they had a deal for returning members. They had a, a different sale for returning members that had expired. Yeah, so I did it. the math. Uh, the one-year deal equals six eighty-eight a month. Is how much it end up paying. I used to like when they did the. I used to like when they did the uh, special in what was it July, where you could get a. Uh, like a hundred bucks for seventy five dollars, and carry that over till the uh, sale. But they don't do that any longer. Yeah, we figured that out real quick, didn't we? Yeah. So then you'd buy the iRacing dollars for the deal on Black Friday. It was get really maximize your value. So six twenty two a month if you do the two year renewal. So that's the cheapest monthly rate you can get for iRacing is you buy it during this deal. Uh, for Black Friday, you pay that down as low as six twenty-two a month. And don't forget, like they used to have that summer sale a few years back as well. So this is like the only time that you get a deal throughout the year for renewing. And you don't have to be expiring to do this deal. Like if you have a year or more left or whatever or months, you still do the deal. You don't lose any time. It tacks a year or two on top of what you have left. If you want to start a second account, now's a good time too, a 50% off. Good point. There's codes um, on the website. Uh, the codes are, uh, the website is iRacing.com slash Black Friday, where you can get the codes. All right, well, let's talk Ray Alfella. He's going real life racing. What do you think about this, Brian? Yeah, so it's actually uh, Rio Fallow, um, obviously the the it's a three time series Coke Series champion. Um, he's going real life um, limited late model racing. He's going to make his debut at Hickory Speedway this weekend for the fall the brawl in the fall. Um, so uh, so he's getting ready to hop into the real thing, see how his skills transfer over. Um, so Hickory's in North Carolina, I believe, and he's a Florida guy. So he's uh, he's traveled quite a ways to, to that racetrack. Um, 
So uh, good for him, man. I, I, I'm really be interested to see how he how well he does because he definitely has shown he's got really good skills on the sim. That's awesome. I mean, he shows uh, his sponsorship on the graphic appears to be iRacing, VRS, Virtual Racing School, and Interstate Batteries. Which is cool because that's kind of like a Coke uh, crossover because uh, Inter- Interstate Batteries is not his sponsor. It's it's a sponsor for uh, Bobby Zielinski, who's you know one of his teammates, right? Right. But uh, yeah, neat opportunity. I don't know. Uh, what team it is specifically i would guess it's landon huffman uh landon huffman i believe gave him the ride earlier in the year when he did a test in the limited late model and now here he is in a big race he's also keeping his uh coke number two the number 51 is his number in the coke series yeah i hope he does good there he he sure he had a horrible race the other night trying to get trying to stay in the uh in the Coke series, he had to race in the Xfinity series. So, yeah, I think he was 26th. Yeah, he didn't have a good finish. And he, man, he's got a hole to dig out of now. Yeah, he's he's had terrible luck this year. Now, I'm going to jump in. Terrible luck. Uh, David, I put this one on the script for you. It's called, I racing is not good for my relationship. Well, why did you put that for me? I'm, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have That's- a problem there. <laughs> Is that why? No, it's actually because it's I, I, you know, we're I follow Natalie Decker and and actually got to interview her boyfriend uh, a few months ago, um, and yeah, it's interesting talking to them because Derek really loves the the competitive side of iRacing, and that's Natalie's real life job. So she actually doesn't like doing that at home so much, and she doesn't feel like it feels quite the same as her, as her car. So she, she prefers to just do hosted races and stuff like that. And I guess uh, they were racing together at some point and got into some kind of argument. Cause she, she threw up a tweet saying it's not good for her relationship and they fight every time they race together. And what are the other iRacing couples out there doing with some advice? Well, it made me think of Tony Gross. As I was going to say, Tony, he can't really get his, his girl to competitively race much anymore either. Nope, nope. She's uh, she's thrown in the towel. I racing is just a little too much for her. Now later down in the replies, Natalie says, "No, he was my spotter slash crew chief. It was not a good communicator to me. So like what any angry girlfriend would do, I did. I yelled at him until we both quit." Yeah, she has another tweet in there somewhere that says that that that's probably my first rage quit ever. Half the time when I can't jump on her screen, she's playing some, some other video game, and I don't particularly enjoy watching those, like first person shooters or stuff like that. So she's got a real good following. I prefer to watch when they're racing, or I'll, I'll catch Derek because he's actually running a B Open or something like that instead of a random hosted race where they just decide when they want to throw costumes. Has your wife ever said, Mike, you're a good communicator? <laughs> All right. Well, in case you haven't heard, our primary sponsor is Sim Coaches. Um, I personally drive them, and I know Kyle Pendigraf here with me does as well. And we just wanted to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, they're they're our favorite thing. It's been the biggest difference maker for me. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? What What do you want to tell us about their build quality? 
the build quality is beyond exceptional. It's all built aluminum, very well put together, very well thought out. Uh, they took their time on designing this for sure. Uh, I have yet to run into any kind of flaws with this thing, other than the fact that I can't put it in my real car. Ain't that the truth? I, I, I almost like a, the comfort on them better than, than my other car, except my other car has autopilot nowadays. Yeah, so they're they're great build quality. And the, and the other thing that, that came out after I bought my pair that has been really useful, especially switching between different cars, has been that the uh, visor software. Yes, the visor software, it's beyond anything I could expect out of any kind of software that the hospitals could use. Uh, you're uh, able to adjust when the throttle engages or the brake or the clutch, uh, how far the throw needs to be before it's fully engaged. Uh, you can adjust the curve on it. I mean, it's all around just great. Well, you know, what you can do to really, not so much manipulate the car, but manipulate your driving ability. Yeah, I actually came up with a, a reverse curve for driving uh, in, on dirt. So you know how you, you might want to kind of uh, a sudden spike at the end on a cup car so that you so that you're less likely to spin it. I found it easier to control my dirt car by making it spike up to about halfway and then giving me more control on the top end of the throttle instead that way. It was pretty neat. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a game changer for sure. Um, better than some of the other ones out there that I've heard people talk about or have seen. So definitely get your hands on a set of SimCoach pedals. You're not going to regret it. Well, go to the website, simcoaches.com, and say hi to Lawrence. We have a promotion code, the best promotion code of anybody. You can get 10% off if you put in iRacers Lounge. So go get your pedals today. housekeeping leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find the podcast mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we do appreciate it check us out on discord and our website irisserslounge.com we're in regular rotation at the performance motorsports network and the sim racing channel on roku tv fantasy well, there we have it. Another uh, another year in the books. Um, heck of a season. A uh, ton of people showed up this time around. Like our numbers were were awesome. I think we had um, we were up over 60, 60 people joined us this year, which obviously is is definitely the biggest. But um, big fight near the end, and I guess we should uh, I should just stop chewing the fat and. Uh, congratulate our overall league winner um and that's uh louder racing he he took the checker um and not by a whole lot either uh scotty boy was um pretty hot on his tails actually the top three uh scotty boy and ray j they were they were all within um just a little over 100 points of each other uh or sorry just within just a little over 100 points of the leader uh great fight uh lots of lots of movement all year round um basically everybody showed up uh you know team tofosi because we uh none of us did uh very good at all but um it was a heck of a lot of fun 
It was. Uh, yeah, Steve uh, Louder is our winner. And uh, yeah, the highest I, uh, uh, Tifosi guy was Greg, I believe, in 13th. And what happened to him? Because wasn't he leading at one point? Yeah, he was right there. I mean, within striking distance. And then it all went downhill. Hey, that, was, uh, that was a super tough year. Um, there's so much, you know, I mean, we've, we've had unknowns in the past. Like last year, there's a lot of unknowns. I think the year before it was a bunch of unknowns as well. But um, you know, this year, more specific, everything kind of worked, uh, at least for me anyways. Like it, it didn't work out anyway that i thought it was going to um i was expecting to see some kind of um you know, some kind of like the kind of settle themselves down or you know kind of be able to figure things out um from a spectator standpoint um and i well i i just never did um you know may, maybe once we got just within striking distance of the um regular season ending i started to kind of oh yeah okay now i'm starting to kind of figure it out but up to that point it's just kind of throwing darts at a uh, at a wall blindfolded and see what happens yeah i'm not too proud of my effort during the fantasy i think i ended up 35th overall but out of 60 ish yeah i guess a top half maybe <laughs> yeah, well you also hurt bush in the car for a while and that messed me up yeah yeah these ones here work a lot better if uh you change up your lineup uh, on a weekly basis all right well off season for fantasy uh we're gonna do it again starting the daytona 500 and i i guess tony we just want to gear everybody up and and try to do let's double that 60 let's get 120 yeah let's uh let's shoot for it um we, we ought to start putting this up on the uh up on the social medias and, and start, start pushing it, start pushing it now, get everybody excited again for, uh, next year. Um, might have a little bit more, a uh, little bit more of a fight from us, the Fosse guys. Once we, and now that we got a year of this new car under our belt, we might have a, might have a little bit of a chance to, um, get a little higher up in the rankings and that sucks so bad. But, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody that, uh, that came out. Joined up, had some fun with us. Uh, huge congratulations to Louder Racing for uh, you know taking taking the whole thing home. Scotty Boy, Ray J, Res Dog, our, our last year's uh, champion, managed to wiggle his way into the top five. I know he was struggling there for a little bit, and D Train eighty nine rounded out our top five overall. Um, yeah. A lot of fun, guys. It's it's kind of fun talking, uh, you know, week in, week out. Even even those weeks where I don't make it here to the chat, Brian does a great job running this down and uh, keeping this keeping this whole uh, fantasy thing going. Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash? Good credit? No credit? Doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. I want to thank uh, Metro Ford of Chicago for their new sponsorship for the uh, hardware software 
part of uh, iRacers Lounge. Uh, Metro Ford of Chicago's family-owned dealership that's been providing great customer service for over three decades, and the owner of Patrick Milligan is an avid iRacing member and driver. If you're looking for a new Ford or any make, any model used vehicle, you can give Metro Ford a call, or you can give me a call too. Um, Steve Thompson at 505-358-0212. And uh, you can go to the website also and see what inventory we have in stock at emetrofor.com. We have a great inventory of used vehicles. And if you're looking for something not in the inventory, you can give me a call and uh, I can see if I can find it for you. Uh, prices are starting to come down now on the used vehicles. Inventory starting to go up. Um, just mention iRacers Lounge and you'll get free shipping to your home or workplace in the continental USA with any vehicle purchased new or used. Also, right now, there's a 0.99% financing on selected certified pre-owned vehicles for 36 months. With the interest rates going up, you're not going to find a better deal than that. So you can find uh, find us at emetroford.com and uh, check it out. And we're thanking Patrick Milligan for uh, sponsoring iRacers Lounge. All right, and we're going to celebrate that new sponsorship, kicking off the first article. We have a mega thread posted by Mike DeBrownie, posted in the form. It, it, it has links to a ton of the third-party apps that most iRacing use, and these are very handy. Um, you, now you have a place, well, literally one place, and I hope it's already been stickied, that has just about every link you could, that we could think of to uh, go to. Great reminder of all the different third-party stuff available. I mean, uh, three different spotter add-ons, uh, excuse me, six different spotter add-ons, including DRE, which we were just talking about with uh, Mike Watts, uh, force feedback links, overlay links uh, to do overlays, fuel calculators, dashboard software, broadcasting tools and overlays, telemetry tools. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Setup tools, painting tools, iRacing manager add-ons and tools. So you could never run all of these. I guess I'll throw out to the group, how do you guys decide what to run and what not to run? It's kind of evolved on, on needs. I, I particularly like the JRT stuff because it works inside my my VR, right? And he, his dashboard is just beyond everything I need. I, I have a super busy dashboard, but I'm also not looking at it when I'm actually looking in 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 the window, right? It's just kind of more off of my peripheral. Uh, and then I use I use his relative as as well because it's really easy to keep track of the good guys and the bad guys, so to speak. So th those utilities come in really good. I use sim racing apps now only for the countdown. I used to use it on my stream, but I quit streaming. Uh, that's what narrows those two down. And I use crew chief basically because he tells me where acts, where wrecks are happening before I even see the yellow. Yeah, I think that's it. You try stuff, you see what works, you know, you keep certain things and you get rid of others and you end up with, a good you know blend of stuff i use crew chief i use uh jrt joel real timing um sim racing apps um sim hub and TeamSpeak. yeah i use a uh, dre digital race engineer it works really well i've used it for years so 
I've kind of memorized a lot of the commands. So I trying to change be hard. Um, plus he just, now he's got the, uh, the new program too, where you don't need the add on to it. And, uh, I also use SIM hub. So yeah, it's a great list. Nice to have all this in uh, one spot that you can go check it out. Yeah, I, I pretty much stick with uh, Crew Chief for my spotting and to be able to make uh, changes at the uh, in pit stops and hear the countdown stuff like that. So really, Crew Chief is really good for that. Although I do I do notice Crew Chief has a lot of issues with um, getting your position on the track wrong. It'll tell you you're in P7 and you're actually in P3 or something like that. I can um, tell you what that know. is. Yeah, okay, Dave. Curious. It's, it's based on the number of cars you have available available in your graphics settings. If you if you have a less set less set number of cars that it's tracking their their position on, it will get confused as to where what position you're in because it can't see the cars on the track through the appy because the appy is not it's not sending that data to them. That's why you always put your max cars at sixty three to accommodate those okay. third party apps. But That's that can, good. I'll check that out. But that can affect your performance. That before I, uh, when I got the HP reverb on the older system, I had to sh I had to put that number back down to usually forty or thirty, because even even though the cars weren't being rendered, it was it was just too much demand just getting the information of where they were on the track. So, but yeah, that's what's causing crew chief. If you don't have, if you're, if you can't see every car on the track, crew chief will report your position wrong. And it, and you'll also notice when you do that same thing, if you have it turned down to like 20 cars, one of the car, any of the cars that are not getting fed to your, your machine, you can't see their replay either. They just disappear from your replay. Okay. That's a good point. I'll, I'll definitely check that out, but it won't make a graphic difference depending if, if you put in 63 as your max cars and you're only in a 20 car field race, it's going to just play it out like a 20 car field race, right? Because it's only rendering those 20 cars. It doesn't matter that you have your settings set all the way up to 63. Okay. But you right, jump, that's cool. You jump into a 50 car multi-class field and, and I noticed it before I got all the upgrades. Okay. Good point. I'll, I'll check that out. I didn't know that. Um, so, yeah. So, that's pretty much the only one I use for what I'm writing. Um uh, other than the ones that like the sim hub and stuff like that, that runs some of my peripherals. Um, I just don't, I don't rely on the, and I probably should I rely on those programs that give you a lot of telemetry and data like that. I just, for me, I just don't have time to really dig, go deep into all those kind of uh, numbers and put enough time in practicing where I can really start making adjustments. You know, it's probably why I suck, but it's just, it's a matter of time more than anything. Um, well, with your but, VR, I can't recommend it enough using the JRT visual spotter. If you don't do anything else, just pop, pop that sucker right on your windshield and you basically have a radar. It's not just telling you if a car is there, you can see if you're gaining on him or he's gaining on you. Um, you know, it's the box and it just moves an arrow up and down that box. And when the arrow gets to the corner, you're clear. Yeah. Okay. I, I use the visual spotter for it's part of Joel real timing. Um, you get to pay, I think it's 10 bucks or something, but it's worth it. And then you just use a steam overlay for that. Don't you Dave? Um, yeah, I, I'm in steam VR and I just, you, you know, you, 
you get, there's a process that you go through to just pop it out on the screen and then it's transparent and you can see right through it on your windshield. Um, one thing that's not on this list that I also use is iRacing Assistant. And that's what I start when the computer turns on. I start with iRacing Assistant. It gives you one button. You push it and then it launches all your third-party apps for you. And so you don't, because before iRacing Assistant, you're going and launching Crew Chief. You're launching this. You're launching this. You're launching that. So this is a neat tool that lets you just do it all at once. I get around that too by just all my things that I always relaunch whenever I jump in iRacing, I have them pinned to the taskbar. So I just go click, 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 click. It kind of almost accomplishes the same thing. Yep. All right, well, let's jump into some hardware reviews. The first thing we have is a Logitech G Pro Racing Wheel Review. Uh, and he says, quote, this is a surprise, but he says, quote, the best force feedback I've ever had. Have you checked this one out, Brian? Um, I watched a little bit of this video. Um, so, yeah, he was actually praising the this Logitech pretty well. He kind of he kind of phrased it as it's a it's an excellent entry level high end system. So it's kind of a mixing mixing of terms, but um, but it kind of makes sense if you think about it. It's you know when you start getting to these uh, direct drive wheels, you're really starting to move into the high end market. But this is on the on the uh, entry level side of that high end market. Now I don't know. I, I, I didn't hear anything in the video about other wheels he's tried, so I don't know what the best yeah. wheel he's tried is compared to. So he that said, could be a little, that could throw it off a little. But um, yeah, good, Dave. He said he had fourteen different bases. He's, he's basically tried them all. Yeah, he said wow. uh, he said the AccuForce was his is his favorite, and uh, he liked he liked the the fidelity of and the feedback from from this well even better and i i also listened uh i think it's down a little bit lower maybe it's not even on this page today is boosted media and he he had the same thing to say about this wheel too they're they're really impressed they're just you know some they're just disappointed that it's plastic wheel and the angle like mike was talking about the angle of the wheel sticking up um but uh I don't know. It's pretty inter pretty interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if if they come out with another design and make maybe a metal housing or aluminum housing or something with it. Yeah, you you can't side side mount it. You can only top mount it. And he he was mentioning that like if you, the angle is good for desk mounting, it's not good for rig mounting. Um, and he mentioned that if you get a deck mount or if you get a desk mount for the for say the simu cube it it's actually takes that into consideration and it tends to, it points the simu cube up a little bit more that was that was one of the downers and he mentioned yeah he already mentioned the plastic thing he also mentioned no other wheels available yet so he's hoping he's hoping though that that'll get taken care of within the when that within the next six months or a year yeah you know like you said this is the second or third time we've seen a review where they say how good it feels when it's when you're just driving it when you ignore what it looks like and you just feel it, it there's something to it and, and so they have that patented true force whatever that is uh you know maybe that's what they're liking is you know maybe logitech has got something uh, proprietary in this thing that the other bases don't have yeah, and another thing they have going for them is the heck of a long history of making wheels. Um, 
they've been doing this for a really long time ever since the you know ever since the earliest of models so i mean maybe maybe that has something to do with um how they've got this thing figured out i guess to where where they're getting some really good uh really good feedback and really good really good fidelity out of it i did get many years out of that g27 before it finally started wearing out the guy from uh, Boosted Media, he was talking about the stops, and you can actually use the software um, to to you can put the stops on it at 570 or whatever you want. It's limited to 1080, but we were talking about that before, Mike, and he said the reason that uh, the stops are at 1080, which you can put them wherever you want, you know, below 1080, is the wires actually go through the motor. So that's a reason uh, why they have the stops on there. So. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that like how it feels, but for a thousand dollars, man, it's a you know, I don't know. I'd like to try it. Yeah, there's another another review later that we'll listen to about your wheel or about your wheelbase. So that's that's really interesting. Um, it would be neat if you could uh, try this and and uh, compare it to to uh, your new your new base. What a what a conflict of design and style though between the two, you know mine is this is ma massively heavy condensed metal into smallest package possible you know and then you got this thing and and this guy in this video I, he does a great job describing the design of it you know it's like somebody has gone and and literally designed the base to make it look like something like it starts wide on the top side and it narrows as it goes to the back and and it has you know like lines to it that like a car does and and it's it's not there for function it's there for design like the top of that thing doesn't need to be so wide is what he was saying but it is well, the other thing that wheel has too is it's got LCD screen in it too, so you can you can actually do the setup on the fly, which was interesting. And it can it does have separate configurations in the force feedback for different software as well. Yep, it sure does. Have you seen this uh, wheel, Mike Watts? Uh, I've seen pictures of it, but I haven't seen any reviews on it. I'm still paying for this uh, Fanatec wheel. It does look pretty cool, though. I'd have to say, uh, I know Logitech was kind of lagging behind on the DD market, so um, it's it's pretty cool. All right. Well, next up we have the Six Sigma Sim Racing 6S160. Uh, Steve, how do you how do you like this one? Um, yeah, it looks like a nice rig. I I watched the video. Um, I mean, it seems like it's pretty much the same as most of the 160 series. You know, it's not going to have any flex or movement to it. Um, his review his review was good on it as far as strength. The only thing he was disappointed about was uh, their seat had a lot of flex in it. Um, you could see him when he was driving the the actual seat flexing back. But um, what something that was interesting with with this seat was um, you can buy it pre-assembled for not like another $100. Um, you get the whole base assembled, so that could save you some time. And uh, right now they've got they've got it on sale for Black Friday. Uh, they've got 35% off, so it's like $650, which actually that's a really good deal for a 160 series rig. Yeah, that is. 
normally 1000 and I thought it was a pretty good deal at 1000 but with the Black Friday deal, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That is a very attractive. I mean, it it's, the, you know, kind of like a, a SimLab clone. I mean, it's similar. Yeah, you really can't, I mean, can't do much difference with the, the 20, 2040 stuff anyways, I don't think. Uh, it just ends up coming down to the quality of the metal, right? And uh, this is black anodized, which I, I still kind of wish I had gotten, but they didn't have them in stock back then. Yeah, uh, you're, and, you know, you're getting everything during the pandemic too, weren't you? No, this is even before, but it was like it was still a longer wait time from Germany back then. Yeah, and they have all the different wheel deck uh, options, guys. The front mount. Uh, you know, for semi-cube and, and so forth, bottom mount for standard other bases, uh, but also Fanatec podium or CSL DD specific mounts as well. I like and the mount looks. looks very much like the SimLab mounts uh, that I have, yeah. Santa, I like how he uh, how he does his strength tests on this thing. He, he literally starts climbing on the thing, walking around the different parts of it to make sure it holds his weight. It's the it's first time I've seen somebody start doing uh, treating these things like a jungle gym. Yeah, that was a little different, wasn't it? Uh, for a minute, I thought he was going to stand on his steering wheel and, and try to throw some weight on it. Well, another piece of equipment that you can really stand on is is a nice pair of Simcoach's hydraulic pedals, right? And that's our, our next item, as, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's another video from Lawrence, and this is basically why hydraulic. And it's kind of sort of the same thing I say. You can, you can have such a hard, compressible surface on there that you, you get this muscle memory just by feel because you're not, and you always are pushing. You never have to worry about pulling your leg up. I used to get a real sore knee after a long road race on, on the V3s because I would, I would have to lift on my leg to, to find somewhere in the middle of the braking zone. Whereas this, I just, I can always just push the amount I need. And he's kind of, he kind of talks about that in this video. And it's, so it's just another great promotional video on the YouTube channel. He's looking for all the likes he can get just to keep it up on the YouTube algorithm. What I found interesting was, um, you know, I've got hydro HPP hydraulic pedals. Of course they're no longer well, they sold, but I don't know the company at bottom's not doing anything with it, but, uh, I've got the, uh, on mine, it has the, uh, the rubber, um, stops on it and uh, when he was talking about the washers on these the belleville um coned washers i thought that was really interesting and actually i spent part of my day looking for those i'm going to see if if i can uh, get some of those might help my pedals pedal out because um i don't know i don't like i don't like those plastic inserts does it still have too much uh travel for you um no, it's just kind of like I, I can never really – it depends. I can't really ever get it to where the cars – like at uh, at uh, Phoenix, 
you know, the car wanted to slide a little bit, so I've got to make an adjustment with my foot with it, rather than being able to trust that brake to go all the way down and the tires not skate on me. So I don't know, I think this might make a difference on the actual feel of it, so it won't be so kind of mushy, rubbery feeling, because I've, I've, I've changed, I've got different colors, I put those in, but I've never really been happy with it. Um, so if that doesn't work, you know, I may end up buying a set of these pedals or um, I, I, I may I may wait. I'm a, I'll probably wait and see see what the other pedals um, from SimuCube end up being. But I, I don't know yet. This is a great video to get a, a deep look at the P1X. Uh, uh, excuse me. What are the name of the pedals? The model name? David, uh, what does he I, call them? They're just the Simcoach hydraulic brakes. Oh, the Simcoe hydraulics. I don't think they have a model. They've they've got the load cells now and the hydraulics. Yeah, and he talked a bit about the differences between inverted versus standard, and why you might want to go with one or over over the other. Yeah, because you, are yours inverted, David? Nope, I've just always had them on the ground, and kind of, and I prefer it that way. And you don't no. have any you don't have any trouble with your knees or anything like he was talking about going inverted. No, but they are uninverted. They are so high that they might as well be inverted. I mean, it, but I, it just feels like I'm actually in a car either way. Uh, especially the brake hardly travels at all, right? So it 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 does it almost doesn't matter if they're inverted or not because there's so little travel. It's all pressure. While we're talking pedals, the next thing we've got is another review, Mike. Yeah, I got this one. The Venom. Atrex and Black Widow sim racing pedals. And when the Venoms came out initially, they have a, a, a really unique look to them where the uprights of the pedals are kind of angled off to the to the left or to the right, and they give this very drastic look to them. But anyway, they're from France, uh, somewhere in the, in the country of France is where they're from. Uh, Boosted Media, Will Ford over in the Australia, has done a review of uh, not only their regular version, the Atrax, but the Black Widows, which is a carbon fiber version of the same pedals. And it was an interesting review because Will, you know, normally he, he's very careful about not saying, you know, bad things about the companies and their product. Or, or how does he say it in a in a polite way? And so, after watching the video, I mean, this is the consensus I came up with. He said driving experience was good, but there are concerns about reliability. This really feels like a first generation product. There are some build issues and sharp edges. Yeah, he uh, on the aluminum pedals. You know, he had to get a replacement pedal for the uh, gas pedal, for the accelerator pedal, because uh, the spring was coming out of it. It would pop forward and the spring would pop out. So they sent him another pedal. And uh, the only problem with it was it had a really short throw on, uh, on the replacement gas pedal. Um, so that was a concern. And he was also having to think it was an issue with the, uh, with the, brake, with the brake pedal, too, with the spring coming out of it. Um, but he definitely liked 
the aluminum pedals compared to the uh, carbon fiber because the carbon fiber had so much flex in them. You could really see it just when he had them on his desk and he was pushing on them, the flex that was in actually the pedal and the pedal arm. And uh, the fit, fit with the, with the uh, carbon fiber that goes over the pedals was really cheap and flimsy. And the carbon fiber was way more expensive too. I think uh, they were like $1,650. Or fifteen hundred and sixty-four dollars uh, for the carbon fiber with 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 all the stuff you could buy for it. So, yeah, I, I got the impression it was a "don't buy this" uh, kind of video. <laughs> yeah, I got that too. Especially when he compared them to the other pedal sets that are load cells that he's been testing. So, yeah, definitely a stay away from at this point. Maybe uh, the second second generation will be a better pedal. Yeah, called the Venom. Yeah, he was comparing to the Heiskenveld uh, Sprint, Heiskenveld Ultimate, um, you know, and, and drastic, you know, differences basically between the two. Yeah, you could tell just in the build quality. I mean, the Huskenvelts, I mean, you can tell they're they're really high quality. Just the parts on these seem a little, uh, a little cheap for the price. Uh, they look like, you know, more of a four or $500 pedal set maybe. I don't know. Next up, we have some wheels. The F core is coming. It's a tweet from Cube Controls. And they are about to close a circle on a brand new entry level formula wheel that will compete with the collection so that everybody can have access to the Cube Controls experience. And that's about all you can tell. Uh, you're looking at a, the rear view shot of half of a formula style wheel. Okay. So. They have the F Pro, which is what I have. And then they came out recently with the, I forget the name of it, but the F Pro with the screen on it, right? And now they have this one, the uh, entry-level F Core. So I guess that means it's a cheaper version of what these other two wheels are, is the way I read that. So these wheels, you know, I ended up spending... Well, twelve hundred basically, thirteen hundred with that, um, and I think the one with screens like two hundred more. So, what do what do you think the price point would be if they call it entry level? It's got to be under a thousand, right? Well, you can get the the podium wheel for five four five hundred. So, if they're trying to get down to entry level, a thousand is way too high. Good point. What do you think, Brian? What do you what price point do you think Cube Controls is reaching for here? Yeah, I I tend to agree with Dave. thousand um, dollars is not entry level for any wheel I've ever seen. So um, I think it would definitely uh, if if they can be comparative to the uh, Fanatec um, wheels, uh, the entry level Fanatec. Um, formula style wheel i think that's where you want to be to be really consider yourself at entry level i mean i'm sure it's going to be really good quality no matter what um just because cube controls makes really good products but um to, to keep to keep it really competitive with some of the wheels like that fanatec um i think around five or six hundred dollars would probably be the most i would hope they would go for a lot of corners to get that price down that much i mean what I mean, I'm trying to think of what my wheel has and what they would get rid of to to get the price down. I mean, 
it's going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a huge fan of cube controls. Uh, uh, I think they're from Italy. It is. Well, then. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say then, uh, you know, it, it is, if it is coming in around thousand dollars, I wouldn't consider it an entry level formula wheel, maybe an entry level cube controls wheel, but not an entry level formula wheel. <laughs> Good point. Maybe it's entry level for, to, from their point of view. Okay, so this next one is not not cube controls, right? And so this is not the wheel you were talking about, Mike, but it is out from SimuQ, and it's the Formula Pro Elite, and it's a pretty looking wheel for sure. It's another Formula style wheel. This is Gomez in partnership with SimuCube. Ah. So Gomez is that's making really it. that's really interesting, Mike. Yeah, it's their normal Gomez wheel with the with the uh, monitor on it, but the back of it is all set up for SimuCube. It's got natively built in a SimuCube QR uh, quick release uh, built right into the back of it. Um, it's got the SimuCube, you know, uh, logo and whatnot across the top and the back. And, uh, you know, it's got that same kind of color scheme, you know, that SimuCube is known for. So that's coming in at fifteen hundred dollars. Um, it's got the really nice uh, LED screen, very pretty. It's, it's excellent. It's a really, really nice looking wheel. It has paddle shifters and paddle clutch. I tell you what, I had some regret when I saw this. I was like, <laughs> man, because if I had known I was going to end up with a SimiCube base, you know, and I was going to have a Formula wheel. And I knew this was coming. I would have, I would have, man, I want to get one of these. Now they're limited. It's a limited edition run. They said they're only going to make 250. You better put your order in, Mike. I don't need two formula wheels. Don't get me going. So what, what does the, uh, what does the regular Gomez wheels have for their connections? Is it just a, the, the, uh, bolt pattern? I'm not sure. I think they just have a, like on the cube controls, they just have a standoff, a round standoff, uh, you know, mounted to the back of it where you can mount whatever you want to it. So I think they have something similar. Well, these are kind of the semi-cube colors too, aren't they? The black and the orange? Yeah, the black and the orange is their traditional look. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. I love it. I mean, it, yeah. Merry Christmas. If I was rich, I'd be ordering this for sure. All right, Steve. Looks like we've got something called the iRacing Setup Differ. The companion tool? Yeah, or comparison, actually. <laughs> or comparison tool. Yeah, I looked this up. Or differ, yeah, set up differ. Um, yeah, I looked at this. It's kind of neat. It looks like, uh, so especially since I'm starting to run, run open rate, open setups now, um, I might get this and, uh, and try it out. So you can uh, upload uh, different setups, open setups, and it'll tell you what the difference is between them. I think it's a pretty cool tool. Now, do you use a stand analyzer? Yep, I sure do. It's got the same feature. Oh, okay. Never mind. But if, if you don't want to use stand analyzer, you can use this one. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, in fact, when was it Phoenix? Yeah, they the, a, a new setup came up, and it had the exact same adjustment that I had made on the previous setup. I was like, oh, okay. I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Actually, I have to 
I don't know how to use that. I'll have to uh, ask you about that because I use Stint Analyzer all the time. Yeah, that's mainly what I use it for is seeing is um, seeing the difference in the sets and also just seeing what my twenty what what a change does on a twenty and thirty lap average. So does that cost money, Stint Analyzer? No. Okay. And he he has our logo in, in built into the app as well. Wow, isn't that nice? Hey, sure. All right, does. well this this tool is uh, on a website svapslab.com/highracing/setupdiffer, and it looks pretty cool when from the screenshot. It just basically has uh, three columns: uh, setup number one, setup number two, and the third column, the difference. And so, like uh, an example at the top is brake bias. Setup one shows 55%. Setup two shows 54. So then it shows a difference of minus one. So kind of easy to visually, you know, at a glance, see, like uh, like David said, what's what's been changed. All right, we got a wall of text on the next article that we're not going to read. But Podium F1 has is. Uh, running a, F, a special deal at a reduced price for a limited time. Um, that's pretty much similar to the to the wheel that I have, uh, except it's uh, got some blue coloring to it instead of the black coloring on mine. I haven't found the price yet. What are we running at here? Well, on their website, they're showing at twelve twelve ninety nine ninety five is the sale price. Originally seventeen ninety nine. Okay, so that actually includes the whole base as well. Yeah, you get the Correct. base and the wheel and the hub. And is that with a DD1 or is that with a CSL? Yeah. Okay, that's DD1. a good deal. It's a real that's deal. not a bad deal, yeah. It looks like they have a, uh, including a light version of our CSL series also. Yeah, there's a wall of text here, David, because I wanted to read some of this because there's some news for sure. Fanatec news. Uh, the QR2. Um, so they wrote a blog and they talked about some of these items. Now, if you're in Fanatec, you've been waiting for the new quick release for a long time. And here's what they said as far as an update. While we and BMW are satisfied with our QR design currently being used on the M4 GT3 race car, it has been a challenge to bring it to mass production for a full range of steering wheels and wheel bases, including a light version for the CSL series. This extended development time has ensured the best possible future for the Fanatec quick release. The latest pre-production samples are performing great, but we will only provide release dates and pricing when we are ready. So more delay, more delay. Now, wheel-based production was another item. Many of you noticed that we've been sold out on some of our wheelbases for some time. Demand has been very high, and our production has been stalled by component shortages. We will continue to work hard to address this bottleneck, but the effect on the semi of the semiconductor crisis continues to be felt across the industry. I can confirm that the CSL DD will not be available again into, until Q1 of 2023. So meanwhile, Moza has bases for sale now. Um, while Fanatec is sold out, the, and I guess the, the, you know they're going back and selling these DD ones that they have for Black Friday, but you can't order anything else from them. It's all sold out. That uh, finally, CSL, sorry, that CSL D, uh, DD 
from Fanatec is just at a really, really good price point. That's why it's so hard to find. That's one you have, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Even well, even if you bump it up and do the boosted eight uh, newton meters, it's um, it's, I think it's still like just five hundred bucks. Which uh, wheel do you run, Mike? I run the CSL DD base, and then um, I have a uh, Fanatec emulator that I run uh, a like a thirteen and a half inch wheel on. So it's uh, the emulator. You have to run a Fanatec wheel on the the base in order for it to even give you uh, force feedback. So you can get an emulator for about a hundred bucks if you Google it, and um, then you can mount any type of wheel that you want for like oval track. You know, I, I like a big wheel, like thirteen and a half inches, um, but I like also the I have like two Formula wheels and a GT wheel um so fanatec has a lot to choose from and any other wheels pretty much work on any base uh one more tidbit here from the blog man am i glad i didn't wait for that bentley wheel like i was planning on because they said uh as far as the bentley wheel the development of this wheel has also been affected by the chip shortage although this product was already used very effectively in pikes peak hill climb and its mechanical and structural design is well proven, we were unsatisfied with the performance of the display, and we have used the extra time to completely re-engineer the electronics. We now plan to launch the wheel in the first half of 2023. Man, I'm glad I didn't wait for that. And so they're, I guess they're effectively cutting the price in the last paragraph because they've been able to get a hold of enough podium ones and since everything else is not available they're cutting cutting the price but it's also black friday so it's time to cut prices anyway but that is that is a good deal and the final fanatec piece of information this week is they announced the csl steering wheel p1 is now a v2 version uh and up to date with other steering wheels in terms of refinements it stands at the lowest price steering wheel we offer at $119.95 and is available now. This is a round wheel, built-in buttons on it, a little LED display at the top of the rim. It's actually got a really good layout. It's not too bad. I mean, if you're looking to get an oval wheel, price is right. Uh, now, I replied to them on Twitter when they put that out. I said, is this going to be with the... The new quick release or the old one that has the wobble? It's got paddle shifters on it too. If you're going to use it for something like uh, the uh, the next gen car, if you don't have uh, the shifter, you know this wheel would be a good uh, companion with the CSL DD. You know, if you bought the CSL DD, get this uh, CSL uh, P1 to go with it. I just bought one, so yeah. Yeah, that's the one that's what one nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I just bought one, so I'll have it in uh, in another day or so. That's oh. a great price. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't pass it up. Uh, Dwayne MacArthur uses one, so he recommended it, and um, I thought I'd give it a try. I don't necessarily use the paddle shifters on a round wheel, but I kind of want to see what a smaller diameter wheel will do. Um, uh. 
based on their recommendation that it's a lighter weight. So the fidelity uh, will really come through. I notice sometimes with my bigger wheel, uh, like I said, I like to use 13 and a half uh, for ovals. Um, sometimes I lose force feedback a little bit and I think I have it too turned up too much and I'm clipping. Uh, so I have to turn my force feedback down just a hair uh, to keep that from from going out and then then i can feel everything and, it, and it's good so i think a, a smaller lighter wheel you can have better feel uh, overall and it's just a really good price so what size is this wheel i want to say it's about 11 and a half inches it's 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 smaller but i mean if you're running oval uh asphalt oval uh you know that's perfectly fine um so is it like, what is that, 200, like 280 I think millimeters or something? Yeah, 280 millimeters, something like that. 280 millimeters, so. Yeah, for ovals, you want the big round rims because so, it gives you more finesse. Yeah, well, I mean, you can adjust your, uh, on. I think on the next gen, uh, you can slow the speed of the steering down a bit. Um, you don't necessarily want it um, really high because if the car, the car is really, kind of sketchy and and uh it'll it'll get out from underneath you real quick on the on the next gen and if you put you know it's really easy to overcorrect. um now the other cars like the arca car or uh, xfinity you know in the trucks you probably want a bigger wheel um just to kind of slow down your uh your reaction but add also finesse and precision well, it was teased earlier, Mike, and now it's time. We have a SimuCube 2 Pro wheelbase review. Yeah, how timely uh, was this? Uh, since Donnie just bought one, I just bought one. Well, the SimPit does their review finally uh, on the SimuCube Pro 2. And uh, he uh, apologizes up front for not getting this video out sooner. Uh, he's had the base for quite some time, actually. Um, but then his channel was on hiatus for a while, uh, right after they got it. And then they just never got around to doing the review until now. But, uh, that isn't, you know, for lack of the way he likes it. I mean, he said he uses it on almost every, uh, video and, and review that he does. Um, he's mounted it on several different rigs and, 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 and ran it, uh, you know, thousands of laps on it so to speak. I don't think I've ever heard Sean Cole from the Sim Pit speak so highly about a piece of sim racing equipment as I did in this video. Yeah, he had nothing but great things to say about, about the wheel. It actually got me a little excited thinking about it. Yeah, and he points out, uh, I, I want to point out, like, the software is very easy to use, and the part about going and looking at profiles that other drivers have put up that you can just use with one click. I mean, you go to the list of public profiles. Hey, I'm, I'm going into a road race. I mean, you can quickly, within seconds, find a, a setup, uh, you know, a profile to with one click and get it loaded and, and just go racing. And so, uh, I did that. I jumped into a McLaren car at the Nord last night, and I, I clicked on a, I think it was a, a Dan, Dan, uh, Dan Morad or David Morad or whatever his name is, 
uh, who's a IMSA driver. Yeah, he has a few sets up there, and 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 I really like that software part of it. I mean, with the Fanatec, I did have five different profiles I could have saved, and and I would borrow David's settings and put them in there and different things. But this is really neat, where I can just go out and pick you know general public profile. So uh, I mean, we we just had a story from Lawrence at Sim Coaches that. You know, this was kind of their go-to wheel as well, right? When uh, they were setting up stuff, so it seems like it's it's kind of become the favorite among among these uh, these guys who are really uh, sim racers and have tried a lot of different products too. You know, that's that's always a good recommendation from somebody who's used tons of different products. Yeah, some of the the good he said was super powerful. Very smooth, no cogging, uh, great force feedback, no flex, no wiggle, no wobble. It's built to last. It's a very small base for 25 uh, NM. It's wireless, but with semi-cube wheels only. Really good software, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, in my, my uh, perspective, too, is, you know, it doesn't come with the quick release, like you had to buy the quick release separate. Okay. And, and so it doesn't even come with everything you need to use it. So keep that in mind. I, I bought two different quick releases. They were 60 each and the wheel and uh, the emergency stop button. And there was no way to mount the emergency stop. Uh, Donnie printed up some uh, parts for me where I could mount it as well as a, uh, about the wheel again, the spare wheel against the side of my rig. There's a little quick release thing he printed for that. And uh, it works great. The quick release is rock solid. There's literally no flex at all. So the, the quick, re the way he was taking the wheel off, he didn't have the same quick release you have then. Cause he was like hammering on it to get the wheel off from the bottom. Well, I did learn something by watching him do that. What he did is, it has a pin in it and you have to pull the pin and you have to get a little rough with it to get the pin in and out. But once you pull the pin out, what Sean Cole did is he turned the wheel upside down and he was tapping the top of it. So it would fall off of the release. Uh, what I was doing before that is I was lifting the wheel off of the release or trying to, but it's kind of makes sense to turn it upside down and tap it and let gravity help you. <laughs> now, did, did you get your wheel extension? I did. I bought two three-inch wheel extensions from Amazon. These are for real steering wheels uh, for real cars. I, I mounted them, and it's the perfect. Uh, that was what I was missing in the whole project was I ended up you know, getting it all done, and the steering wheel's too far away from me. But that three-inch spacer, uh, man, it's, it was just perfect, and it's in, it, it really hit the sweet spot. Uh, so I really have it dialed in right now. Yeah, they work good. That's what I've got on my on my wheel. I like the wheel right up close to me. Now, I'll digress a little bit on this topic. I ran Winter NIS today um, for the first time with the spacer. And I put real simple bolts and nuts uh, on the to hold the spacer onto the quick release. Well, during the race with my course with my force feedback turned up high, uh, the bolts and nuts started coming loose and they started, the nuts started backing off. I actually turned off the force feedback for a good part of the race with the emergency button 
because I was afraid the nuts were going to come off and the dang wheel was going to come off in my hands. So after the race, I went to Ace Hardware. I bought some different nuts with locking nuts, uh, different bolts with locking nuts. And so tonight, I'm actually going to reinstall uh, that spacer with some different hardware that hopefully will hold. Or some Loctite. Well, I was thinking that too, um, but I want to be able to take it off at some point, probably. All right, well, we're going to jump from one end to the other end. And here's my question for you, Brian. Do you think this rig could handle a, a SimuCube Pro 2? Yeah, well, I'm not sure about that, but it is definitely a one-of-a-kind rig. So um, it's 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 a motion rig that this gentleman built, um, completely custom. Um, looks like it was made with a like a car, like a real car uh, seat, um, and just square stock. It looks like square stock. You know, he's got some actuators built into it. You know, that that go to the back of the upper part of his headrest. Um, and yeah, and must have some kind of universal joint as a, as a center pivot point underneath the seat. So um, as he's racing, you know, the, the seat's moving forward, backwards, side to side as he's racing. Um, the wheel is, is completely custom. I've never seen anything like that for a, for a custom, uh, for, a, uh, for a racing wheel. It's definitely not something you would buy. So the um you know it's not not the prettiest thing in the world obviously but um the ingenuity behind it and obviously it was all self-made so really really um impressed with his ability to create this at least you know it's not gonna it's not gonna you know you're not gonna see it on the front page of any uh, magazines or anything like that but it just goes to show you some of the ingenuity that that this guy was able to create with this to to do it. Now, he obviously needs a little help with his computer. It's a, it's a laptop, and it's about eight feet from where he's sitting, so it's really hard to see the screen. That but, um, field of view. Yeah, it's tunnel vision. Uh, tunnel vision at the best. Um, but other than that, I I'm, I'm I can't help but be impressed with what he built. The steering wheel base is amazing to me. Um, and by the way, if you put my SimiCube base on that thing, it'd fold it up like a tin can in one swoop. <laughs> but the base he's got, I mean, he's got like a steering shaft on a on a wheel, and the shaft is run through, it looks like three other or four other pieces of metal. It doesn't look like there's any resistance or anything, but he obviously has sensors of some kind in there, you know, that will sense the steering wheel going left and right obviously freaking cool everything completely homemade and I, you can't tell where it is it looks like it might be thailand or you know southeast asia country something like that yeah someplace warm because it's all outside for sure a lot of vegetation so yeah it's it's pretty cool I, i'm pr i'm really impressed with guy with people who you know might not have the ability to buy you know a, a eight thousand dollar motion system to to just make one on their own it's not easy to do you got to know what you're doing and figure stuff out and all right we're jumping to results uh, we are going to do results okay cool so i was like can i can we hit one more i really want to talk about yeah. this this one all right sure. so we, we've got injuries anyone have y'all looked at this one it's after the moza on the script oh yeah this is quite yeah, a rig i watched it um uh that's 
first of all, the throw was huge, but there's just the the speed and the power behind it. I, I, I think it's about the biggest we've seen. Yeah, it, it it lifts the front end off when he's moving around, like the the it's like coming off the ground because the movements are so fast and so so violent that the, it starts actually popping off the ground. It's crazy. Those arms extend out of the actuators like three or four feet. <laughs> yeah, and you're probably six eight feet in the air uh, when this thing is fully extended. It's crazy. Well, this is more flight sim more than racing, right? He's got a wheel on it, not a not a flight controls. What What's interesting is is I I did a that's the next article down. We'll probably do it next week, but about the Open XR toolkit, and uh, there's a guy that make that has developed a motion compensation for VR and a motion rig for open XR. And so I was looking around and this rig, this guy was testing the uh, motion compensation using this rig, which I thought was really interesting when I saw it in the uh, video this morning or this morning when I was looking at the articles. Yeah, it's pretty well. It's it's nice that the um, that the Ice Planet Hoth has a has a place for for people to go and uh, set up their rig. This might be a blast in the off road trucks, huh? Oh my! Yeah, that would one be of those good. jumps or or a rally car. Yeah, no kidding. All right, I I wanted to get that one out of the way. Now we can jump results. NASCAR iRacing Series wrapping up the season Friday night open. Um, only one result listed. It looks like Tony Rochette. Mike, tell us about it. Tony Rochette, P3. He said, statistically, Phoenix is one of my worst tracks as I'm horrible at running that stupid dog leg and I love dogs and birds. Just stayed out of trouble, had a good car on a long run. Late in the race, I had green flag stops where I was hanging out in third right behind the leader and bam, caution came out and Lucky dogged it. See, love dogs. Coming to the green, a car was laying way back and not being very nice and tried to catch me on the black flag uh, side and being smarter than the average bear, I stayed behind him till the green. I think that pissed him off, so for the last 30 laps and him being three laps down, was blocking the hell out of me till the end. But hey, it's okay, I got my best Phoenix finish ever, 103 championship points, which should put me in 10th for division four and 170th-ish overall, P3. Does I he, ran. Does he yeah, stream? No. Ah, oh, dang, I wish he would. I bet that bird's got a great vocabulary by now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I just mis did misread that, that it was only him because it just paged down on us, right? So, Mike, you ran with a P5. P5, this was after winning uh earlier in the week i got a p5 on friday i had good speed i actually led some laps i tried to do some off strategy from the leaders on the tires i didn't quite pick the right one and to get me to the front at the right time but it was still a good run david p2 yeah i was going for the repeat and could have had it but the leader just had better long run pace than me uh, he stayed. He stayed in front, and we both just pulled away from everybody else there for the lat for that last run. So there you go, P two. All right, and then Sunday open P five. 
yep, uh, back up and top split on this one. So I was like, oh, there goes my top tens and fives and blah, blah, blah. But I ran six to eighth most of the race. I, you know, and Phoenix has never been a great track for me either. So I was kind of, I was kind of surprised. Um, there was a disreputable driver that a lot of us have problems with. Um, he's been on the list a few times. He laid back over two car links and jumped the restart. And yes, the protest was successful. Um, I, he probably just got a warning, but at least uh, it was legit. So I, so I, I saw what he did, and I squeezed him and got turned, and it was about ninety seconds of damage. So I go ahead and take the wave around, um, because the pace car had also gotten by me. So I'm back there when, on old tires on the beat up car. Uh, I got a black flag for passing on the inside as well because I was behind all of the back markers who just didn't go, I guess, at the beginning. And I went down to the dog leg and passed somebody. But another caution happens. I go, I immediately go in, the caution happens, and I'm able to get out before the pace car comes around and stayed on the lead lap. I drove, and then we had one more run. I didn't really get any of the damage fixed, but uh, drove back from 22nd to 5th, and it worked out a little bit in my favor because I had 15 lap fresher tires and that this, this other stuff that I wrote in I don't remember so <laughs> alright P5 I'll though right that out. yeah alright Steve you ran P16 yeah I started in the back and I got up to 6th place and ended up I got rear ended once and got 4x and I got another I don't know, somebody slammed me in the door. I got another 4X, and then I ended up getting into a bad wreck in sixth place. And I had uh, like eight and a half minutes of, of uh, repairs. I had the meatball. So I went in and got that fixed. I came out 27th and just kept racing. Ended up 16th. And uh, anyways, I didn't lose any any safety rating, and I only lost 10i rating, so that was okay. And wow, you ran Sunday fixed? Wow, P6. Yeah, I started 20th and uh, just kind of hung in there. We had had some cautions. I missed a bunch of wrecks. And uh, anyways, it was a good race. I think I gained like 84, 84 points or something. So I'm just, just below 2,000 right now. All right, keep it going. So we, we, didn't, have, we didn't mention, we the, mention our finish positions, did we? Do we want to talk about where we finished in our, our divisions before we go on? Oh, you're right. Uh, so I finished uh, in Division Two, twenty fifth. I made my goal. I made the front page. And that was where are you Division Two? Two, yeah. Cool. Um, not as not it didn't finish as high as I did last year. It was pretty frustrating season actually, but still fourteenth in Division One. So it, it's still on that front page and up higher than I actually thought I was going to be the way the season was going. That's a good job, guys. Well really good. Well. It's a hard season, you know, try to get points every week. So you take advantage of those drops for your worst races and uh, see where it shook out. And that's where I landed this year. I had a really bad beginning of the season, if you all remember. Um, I just had some horrible, horrible weeks. And so I expected not to run well, but uh, I think I rallied at the end of the season as best I could. I, and I definitely had that slump. Brian talked about it last week where I dropped from 4K down to 32. And I'm right on the edge of 4K again in the last three weeks. That's a crazy swing, though. 800 I rating in, in two to three weeks. Yeah, it is. And that's just A opens and, and NIS. I don't go anywhere, really anywhere else to farm or anything. All right. Let's move on to winter NIS, Daytona. Wednesday open, nobody on our team ran. I think we all forgot about it. 
I did. But uh, Thursday open, I ran this morning. Um, it was top split. Uh, started 10th, got to 4th pretty quick. Had a caution on lap 7, stopped for fuel only, then faded pretty hard back to around 15th. Uh, and then there was another caution. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I wrote here. Some of my stuff is missing. But basically, I got involved in the big one. I had five minutes damage. Um, I got most of that fixed. I think I got it down to about two minutes damage over several other cautions. And then I got involved in another incident, which knocked it back up to six minutes optional. And so I was basically the last car on the lead lap. I was like 19th. And then I just kind of brought it home. I think I finished 18th out of 26th. So it wasn't a great day. I just got to avoid the wreck. I'm going to run tomorrow night for sure. Try to get a better result. Hey, well, my, Mike Watts is here. I know Mike had a great run in uh, both the Xfinity series and also yeah, at OBRL. And also I think he made the final four there and also in the cup series. How'd you end up Mike in the uh, finals? Um, in the Xfinity race, I did okay. I had a self-spin coming out of the pits on cold tires, but uh, I managed to finish third um, in the race and third overall in the Xfinity Series Championship. And then um, we went and ran the uh, the Cup race at Phoenix, and that didn't go well at all. I think I uh, I spun like three times in that next-gen car. It was just on old tires. It was just wicked, wicked loose. Uh, we're on fixed setups there, so um, I think there was a uh, two times I, I uh, just snapped loose in the dog leg uh, heading into turn one, and you know it's a, what can you do? I mean, I think in the very end we ended up with a green white checker at the very end, and I I DQ'd for incident points, but uh, I mean it was fun, um, and I love the car on on new tires, but man uh, after after 20 laps that car just will just snap loose on you and um as you were talking earlier steve about the car just kind of skating that's what it felt like after 25 30 laps on those tires the the next gen car just kind of skates did you uh did you get a paycheck uh yeah yeah um uh Dwayne, uh put some money uh towards the um um the winnings i don't remember uh what the what the top spot paid out but uh i got uh, 220 canadian so uh yeah it was it was it was pretty awesome but you know i i mainly do it for the uh um just for the competitiveness and and stuff like that so you know that that kind of paid for the wheel i guess the uh the new fanatec wheel so yeah i think all that was from uh metro ford all the payout money yeah Weeks of payout. That's cool. Yeah, I paid right. out uh, over three thousand dollars for just a Cup Series. Yeah. Holy. So I ended up third in the in that championship as well. So yeah, it was uh it was fun. Um, you know, the forty week season is 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 uh I like that because of the challenge. Um, it's just forty weeks is like what the guys do in real life. We we don't, of course, run the 100% race, but uh, just I love the challenge of the of the 40-week season. And uh, it can get stressful there in the end when you're trying to make the playoffs. So, um, but it, I love it, yeah. All right, well done. 
uh, other racing official donning spiker usf 2000 gateway oval pole position but dq'd second race qualified third finished p2 now i was going to run this with donnie but there were never enough participants when i went to go run it there were like three or four cars registered and i'm like yeah i need probably 12 or more to enjoy myself i did run some hosted uh 87s and the rough porsche at talladega i got wrecked out then gen 5 at talladega again wrecked out I did a lot of testing this week after installing the new wheel at the Nordschleife uh, F2000, uh, the McLaren. I ran some Mount Washington rally car, the VW Beetle at uh, Mount Washington. Uh, ran some 87 at Daytona. Uh, just trying to dial in the settings and making sure I got the right distance between the seat and the pedals and the wheel and it all is feeling pretty good. Uh, I also need to adjust the angles of the triples. I remeasured the distance from my eyeball to the screen. I'm a bit closer. That means I'm going from 45 degrees to 53 degrees. Now I need to find a protractor. <laughs> All right, with that, we'll jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. Uh, so not a whole lot went on last week. Uh, obviously, NIS has, has done rapid. Um, but... Uh, this uh, this Sunday night starts the first OBRL Sunday night Metro uh, Ford Cup races, so uh, I want to be hitting that. And uh, Mike, I might see you there if you're if you're running. Yeah, I might pop into there. <laughs> All right, uh, David Hall. Final thoughts. In a weird way, it's kind of relaxing to have the season over for a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, what do I do? Uh, I ran. A, I've been running a little bit of road racing. Um, I know I, I'm looking forward to our in, invitational winter series kicking off, though unfortunately I have to miss Monday because I'm I'm a saxophone judge at, for Jazz All Region, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start behind the eight ball right off the bat with that series. I, I hope they have still have drop weeks built in. Um, other than that, uh, just uh, it's time to buckle down for the winter. Yeah, looking forward to winter league uh, starting on Monday. Uh, we have some teammates joining us uh, in there for the first time as well. Steve, I think you're coming. Donnie, uh, I don't know who else. Hopefully Adam will be there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Boo. Greg, you'll be there. Greg Hectus, what are your final thoughts? Um, just uh, looking forward to uh, getting back to uh, being full-time on the show starting next week. Um, I'm not racing the GT series anymore afterwards so i can uh focus on helping you guys out with the show and uh hopefully get some racing done in the off season i'm really looking forward to the winter series uh and uh getting that done with a lot of uh, our teammates racing with them all it'll be fun to have everybody in the same uh race together it's not very often that we get a lot in and mike and me and you the last couple of weeks when we were racing in the nis series we've been in the same races so it's kind of been nice um but yeah, it'll be good uh, to race the uh, Winter Series and um, hopefully uh, race a bunch more uh, uh, road stuff in the winter winter time here as well. Yeah, I'm anxious to see who shows up for Winter League. Uh, are we going to see the iRacing staff 
heavily populate the the room like usual, or perhaps the Elliott's uh, Sadler esports guys um, like Jason Maines. I mean, he was uh, really strong last year. Uh, who, who happens to be Garrett Maines' father, by the way, but uh, he's just as fast and uh, looking forward to racing with those guys. Very competitive. Hey, Mike. One of the things I was thinking about with some of these guys that left the um, eat the Coca-Cola series, I wonder if you see them out racing some of these things a little bit more too. Yeah, you very well might. All right, Steve Thompson, final thoughts? Yeah, I was, uh, so I started having some issues with my HPG2 and uh, I was having tracking issues. Um, I was get like my, all of a sudden I'd end up upside down and stuff. So I bought a new cable and that fixed the issues. And so while I was doing that, I started messing with the, uh, open XR toolkit. And, uh, anyways, I've got, I've got the links here. I don't know if these will be published for this week or if we can go to it next week, but anyways, I use the Open XR toolkit and I used another guy's settings that was in here, uh, Paul Gallon. And oh my God, the the graphics are are a thousand times better than anything I've used for Open VR or or uh, their FOV or whatever FFR or whatever it's called over there. And um, I've been able to set all my settings to to the best resolution, and it just cleared everything up. I, I just I, I can't be happier with it. So if anybody gets a chance, um, there's a couple uh, couple uh, articles in the uh, forums for Open XR Toolkit. So you might try them. Um, and I can't believe up I can't believe how much headroom I, I still have to even open up some other things. So, and the other thing I wanted to do was uh, just thank Patrick McGill Milligan at uh, eMetro4.com for uh, sponsoring uh, the iRacers Lounge. So go to eMetro4.com and get you a car. That's right. Yeah, we're so happy to have uh, off-season sponsorship, which really starts this week with uh, Sim Coaches obviously returning as our premier sponsor, and then obviously Metro Ford joining in on our hardware section. And uh, we're happy to have both of those uh, companies with us. Steve, uh, I'm just going to flip you upside down in the window uh, for the stream so you can feel comfortable. Oh, perfect. Thanks. All right, uh, Mike. Watch your final uh, thoughts. Oh, well, I've just uh, I've just enjoyed being here and listening to you guys. Uh, I learned some some cool new things about uh, you know, software available and uh, some uh, reviews on uh, rigs and wheels and some uh, Black Friday deals. So I'm kind of looking forward to that now, and um, I'm enjoying the off season. Um, I'm not going to race as much because I, I need to spend time with the family, you know, doing a 40 week season does kind of take it out of you. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of running some races here and there and work on my race craft. Uh, always trying to prove that. And, uh, I'll be, uh, listening to you guys in the future. Yeah. I enjoy all the information you guys put out. And thanks Mike for coming on the show. And, and uh, getting to know you a little bit, uh, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And he's a really good painter, too. He paints all my cars. Yeah, yeah, don't forget to check out the trading paints. Uh, Magic Mike over there. All right, uh, my final thoughts. Excitement, you know, this project is finishing up with the wheelbase change. 
I can't be happier. I mean, a little hiccup with the spacer. Uh, I wasn't sure what I would need if if it was going to be the same or not, but the spacer worked out well. I'll get it finished up tonight. Um, I was a little concerned about do I have everything lined up correctly? Because I always felt the wheelbase had a, a slight angle to it, like I didn't have it perfectly centered down the center of my rig. Well, I had my son come over today and eyeball it for me. He, and, and I put him down in the rig and I said, look, is this thing centered or not? And he said, dad, it's perfectly centered. You're seeing things. Well, I have a cataract in one eye and, and maybe that's throwing me off a little bit, but it was good to hear him validate. I have actually put this thing together right and it's lined up correctly. So uh, next step, hey, let's go racing. We'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.